What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, I am here to do a recap video for you. I spoke about this last week. Brittany Dawn recently went to New York, and she was on Mike Signorelli's YouTube channel. I did not know who Mike Signorelli was. I started doing some digging. I found out that he um, he's a pastor. He's written a book. He apparently has a movie that is coming back to theaters about revival and deliverance. He's basically a social media influencer pastor. And right off the bat, I'm like, all right, you're associating with Brittany Dawn. That gives me some concern, but maybe you're not super familiar with who she is. Maybe it, she like pitched herself to you and you've only seen a little bit about her and you don't really know her full history. So, all right, maybe I can be, you know, uh, a little bit more charitable to your association with her. But then, as I'm looking into him, I realize that he has been on Mark Driscoll's YouTube channel, and Mark Driscoll has been on his YouTube channel. I, I would say, for those of you who are a part of my channel and you don't know, Pastor Mark Driscoll, uh, man, I've been following his, his preaching for years and years, and you've got a book. And I'm just going to say this from the jump, because in the description, you can actually find the, the links for the book. It's New Day's Old Demons. Now, I'm going to read this, a study of Elijah, sex, gender, basically every word that's about to get me banned from YouTube, uh, ancient paganism masquer masquerading as progressive Christianity, victims of nothing, woke politics, the transgender Jezebel spirit that castrates men, and the passive Ahab soft woke Christian beta male spirit leading the, the conga line to Sheol, carrying a rainbow flag. So I just wanted to start this video by alerting every moderator on YouTube. You're all triggered. <laughs> we, we, we believe in equality. Trigger everyone. Yeah, I just yeah. equal opportunity <laughs> yeah, offenders. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to be a fan of a lot of the things that you say because you are okay not only being associated with Mark Driscoll, but you are actively promoting him and praising him on your YouTube channel. So at that point, I was like, all right, let's go ahead and do this reaction. It's going to be really interesting. I'm sure there's like a lot of things that I can pick out and we can have conversations about. And then when I went to download the video, I was looking at some of the comments and they had mentioned Mike's daughter being there for the conversation. I looked at her appearance and I'm like, oh, she looks really young. I couldn't find her exact age. I now know that she is 16 because they talk about it in um, this actual YouTube video, which by the way is called, she almost didn't survive this exclamation point at Brittany Dawn. And like, I'm assuming they're referencing her suicide attempt because that's what she talks about in the video, which is just wild to me that that's the title you would have. But anyway, she's 16 and um, I guess, you know, she's okay with being on her dad's channel. Her dad is okay with her being on the internet and being a presence, uh, like a public figure. But still, I'm just like, I don't really want to put her on my channel like that. It's just something that I'm not super comfortable with. So in theory, I guess I could have done a reaction and just blurred her face when it came up and... Um, you know, we could have done it like that, but I think that doing a recap is better because I can hopefully do it pretty quickly and I'm going to try my best with this. Sometimes when I do recaps, my videos end up being like basically the same length as the original. So I guess I should stop rambling and just get into it. 
Before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, let's go ahead and do win for the week. And if you are new around here, a win for the week is where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week, something that you would consider a win. It can be big or small, just anything really that made you happy, it gave you joy, made you grateful, whatever it may be, I want to hear it and celebrate with you. You can leave it in the comment section down below if you are watching the YouTube video, or you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify. My win for the week was being able to go to my nephew's fall musical performance. He is in elementary school, and so they did like a fall program with different Thanksgiving songs, and he had a speaking part in it, and it was really cute and really fun. I live in one city, and then most of my family lives in another city about an hour away, and so when things happen on weeknights, it's not really feasible to make it out there, especially if they happen close to when I'm getting off work because then I have to drive over an hour in like rush hour traffic to try and make it. And so it's just not realistic usually to um, be able to go to those things, but I was able to go this past week and it was awesome. I had a great time. That is my win for the week and I cannot wait to hear yours. All right, let's go ahead and get into this recap of Mike Signorelli's YouTube video. She almost didn't survive this exclamation point. At Brittany Dunn. And just for some context, Mike Signorelli has 406,000 subscribers on YouTube and 239,000 followers on Instagram. So while I was not super familiar with his work or his beliefs, he is really well known. He has a a, a big reach and he can make a lot of impact, especially on um, people who are Christian. So it's definitely worth talking about and looking into him and kind of... Um, discovering what what he's doing and maybe we'll go ahead and bring him in as sort of a regular person that I cover on this channel. Who knows? If you want me to do that, you'll have to let me know in the comment section down below. If you are watching this, you're going to see my eyes just down at my iPad pretty much the entire time. I'll try to look up when I can, make some eye contact theoretically, uh, some virtual eye contact with you, but it's a lot of reading. So I'm, I'm done blabbering. Let's get into it. This video opens with a clip of Brittany Dawn talking about her suicide attempt and how she was depressed and anxious despite looking like she had it all together. So we have this clip of what's going to be coming up later in the interview. It's meant to pull people in. Then we cut to the beginning of the interview. And obviously this interview is between Mike Signorelli, Brittany Dawn, and then Mike's 16-year-old daughter, Bella. It's filmed in person in New York. Brittany and Jordan traveled to New York and... Um, she said it was for work for both of them, but then later Brittany's going to make it seem like she didn't realize that Mike Signorelli, the person whose YouTube channel she is currently on, was hosting a revival in Times Square and she like got a notification when they first arrived and they were on the subway. And so they had to like rush back to the room and drop their bags and they're like, we got to go. We have to go. We had no idea it was happening. And I'm like, I feel like if you were planning to go to New York and be on this man's YouTube channel, he would probably like tell you like, hey. This thing is happening. I would love to have you here, but I don't know. That's just um, an assumption on my part. And you know what they say about making assumptions. So they're doing this interview. Mike basically opens up the floor to Brittany and just says, like, I want to hear your story. Brittany starts telling her story by saying that she was baptized at the age of 16, but that no one really prepared her for what would come after concerning spiritual warfare. And something that was kind of odd to me is that she specifically mentioned she used to go to a Baptist church, and that's the reason that she was not equipped nor armed for the spiritual warfare, which would come after being baptized. I, I'm a non-denominational Christian, so I'm not super in tune with 
um, the specifics of each denomination just because I wasn't raised in those types of churches. But I'm not quite sure what she's implying by saying like, oh, well, and, and because it was a Baptist church, I was not prepared for spiritual warfare. I'm not sure what she means, but that's what she said. She then begins talking about entering the fitness industry in her early 20s, and she mentions that she was struggling at the time with an eating disorder, with watching porn, and sexual sin. Um, But while she was struggling with those things, her business was also taking off, and she was basically getting everything she could have ever wanted. Then she skips to age 26 and says that that's when she got divorced and she, quote, got out of that by the grace of God, end quote, and that she won't go into it and what happened out of respect for her ex-husband, which we've talked about this before. If at this point she does not want to talk about Zach, her ex, that's fine. She doesn't have to talk about those things. Oh, hi, Liberty. My door was just cracked open, and so my dog literally just came and busted through and uh, ran underneath the desk. So that was a little surprise, but back to business. Like I was saying, if at this point she doesn't want to talk about Zach, that's fine. She doesn't have to talk about anything that she doesn't want to talk about, but to say, like, I'm not going to go into it out of respect for my ex-husband, but, you know, I thank God I got out. I got out of that by the grace of God. It makes it sound like she was in a very dangerous, potentially abusive, like physically life-threatening situation. And I don't know the details of their marriage. I don't know what did or didn't happen. But I do know that at the time that Brittany and Zach were divorcing, she did mention that like emotionally he wasn't there for her and she had to like beg him to go to church and he wouldn't go with her and so she would just be sitting in the pew by herself or like she had to pay all the bills and pay for all the groceries and if she asked him for help he would get really angry with her and so she's spoken negatively about him on the internet before but those things uh like Maybe she was in an emotionally abusive situation. Sounds like there's a little bit of financial abuse going on if those things are true. Um, But I don't really think it's fair or honest to represent it as like the in the way that she is. And maybe I'm completely off base. Maybe I am wrong and there was some physical danger in that marriage that she just has never spoken about publicly. But I think it's weird for her to have like lambasted Zach on the internet when they were going through the divorce only to now a few years later be like, well, I, it was bad, but I'm not going to go into it. I just out of respect for him. Um, but I got out by the grace of God. Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. And it does make it seem like she's trying to paint the relationship in a way that might not be honest and maybe she just wants to present it that way so she doesn't actually have to talk about the details of what happened and um like it could also be because some people according to Brittany have said that she is not in a real marriage now with Jordan because she's divorced and so maybe she's trying to lean into it being a little bit more of a dangerous situation that it might have been in reality. I'm trying to be sensitive. I'm trying not to be like, you're fine, you're lying. Um, But like just from context clues and and covering Britney as often as I have, I'm just brainstorming why she would present it this way. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
Anyway, then she talks about after the divorce, how she moved to Dallas, and that's when the demonic realm opened up and started attacking her, specifically with her having um, sleep paralysis episodes. And Mike loves this. He's eating it up, and he is like, oh my gosh, I just put out a video about how to get rid of sleep paralysis demons. So he's on board with her. He is not questioning anything. He's just like, yep, I'm with you. Then Mike asks Bella how she feels hearing this conversation because she is a 16-year-old church girl and she says, like he mentions that because Brittany said she got baptized at 16 and she grew up in the church, um, but she was still struggling with all of these things. And so Bella says that she thinks this is a really important conversation to have um, and for adults to be honest and vulnerable and that she's happy the younger generation can hear Brittany's story since a lot of people don't want to be honest about the struggles that they have faced. Brittany and Mike agree with Bella, and then Brittany continues uh, speaking about her life at that time and says that she had a full bank account. She could get any man she wanted. Her life looked perfect from the outside. But then 2019 rolled around, and uh, she says that when you have a following, there are going to be some bad apples and people who make it their life's mission to tear you down. She then references the Cassidy Campbell video and says once it went live, quote, it went viral and in a matter of 24 hours, I lost my management, my team, collaborations, income, my business, my reputation, and just friends, everything, end quote, and that she's grateful now because Jesus was peeling her layers back like an onion, um, but at the time, the media made her out to be a villain. Ma'am... <laughs> The interesting thing to me is that she does not say what type of prank video Cassidy Campbell made about her. She does not say the reason that people were upset with her. She just references people who had an issue with her and were making complaints as bad apples, full well knowing that the state of Texas has sued her for her business practices, for not fulfilling promises to customers, and they settled and she has to make payments. She she has to financially compensate those customers that did not get the things that they paid for. So, I mean, it, it, I, I would say like, I don't understand how she can get on the internet and, and present it this way, when there are so many of us who know the actual truth of it. But I guess if you're on Mike Signorelli's podcast and you know he's not going to call you out on it, he's not here to be like, well, what's the actual truth? He's just going to be like, oh, yeah, internet haters. They're just people who are there to tear you down. This is why we need Jesus because Jesus is going to prune us this way and he's going to prepare us for a greater calling. You're on a podcast with somebody who has 400,000 subscribers and he's not going to question you on your story? Yeah, I I guess I would tell it. That, I mean, I wouldn't tell it that way, too, but I can understand why Brittany's going to tell it that way. I can understand why she's going to present it in a way that makes it seem that she's innocent and she was just being unfairly maligned by people who wanted to see her fall because she was a, a successful young woman. Also, something that's just wild to me is her saying that in a matter of 24 hours, she lost her management, her team, collaborations, income, her business, her reputation, and friends. In a matter of 24 hours, you lost all of those things. Sounds like maybe those things were on shaky ground anyway. Either you're telling the truth and that reveals to you how thinly constructed your house of cards was, or you're exaggerating to make people feel bad for you. Either way, it's an interesting statement because really, if it, if it is true that she lost her management within 24 hours, that indicates to me you're in the wrong, Brit. 
for your management team to drop you within 24 hours, something's going on. Because if you didn't do the thing that you were being accused of in that Cassidy Campbell video, you would have been able to have a conversation with your team. And you would have been able to set the record straight and prevent the further losses of the rest of your team and collaborations and income and all of that. She goes on to talk about how at that time, God was not in her townhome and everything was so dark for her. She discusses her suicide attempt. And this time she, in in this retelling of the suicide attempt, um, she says that she took a handful of pills, which is something that I don't necessarily remember her saying before. Um, but like... Maybe it's just a, a way, like maybe she's just telling the story with words that she hasn't used before. Maybe it's always meant to be implied that she took a handful. But from what I can remember, she has expressed that she like went to take her first handful and something somehow, God, according to her story, like knocked the pills out of her hand and the pill bottle on the ground and they, hundreds of pills went everywhere. That's how I remember hearing the story. Um, but in this case, she says that she took the first handful. Just not wanting to wake up, not wanting to sleep, just the darkest depression I had ever felt. You could just feel the heaviness in my townhome at that time. Um, There's just, God was not there. And um, I decided after reading tens of thousands of comments of, why don't you do us all a favor and jump off a bridge or make this world a better place and put a gun to your head? I decided they were right because when you don't have the Holy Spirit and you aren't walking with the Lord, if it's not God, it's the enemy. And um, Valentine's Day of 2019, I had a plan to take my life and I had the text message um, ready to send my sister and I popped the cap off the pills and took my first handful. And it it's still to this day, I have a really hard time putting it into words what happened it was so supernatural. Um, it was the first time I had ever felt the Holy Spirit. I just, I not, got knocked down to my knees and I was just like, it, it was weird. It wasn't like this heaviness. It was just this presence was so holy and so righteous that I just wanted to bow down. And I laid on that floor for what could have been three hours, four hours, five hours. I don't know. It didn't matter because I had no agenda. I had nothing left to live for. And I wrote... A message to my hadn't hit send yet, and went and filled the bathtub up in my bathroom. Came downstairs, had my phone there ready, and had a huge bottle of pills sitting right in front of me. And I I popped the cap off, and I went to take my first handful handful to swallow as many as I could. And, uh, I encountered Jesus in that moment. It's, it's hard to, to put into words the, the overwhelming love that I encountered in that moment. I remember falling. It was like something just knocked my feet out from under me. I fell to my knees and those pills went everywhere. There were hundreds of pills on my kitchen floor. 
And um, I remember just feeling this presence that I had never felt before in my life. And I don't know how long I was sitting there. It, it could have been hours. It could have been all night. I had no agenda. I had nothing to live for at that moment. And I know that this is a really petty thing to pick on, but I just, I have to. Um, she says at the time that God was not in her townhome. But God supposedly knocked the pill bottle onto the ground and saved her life. And also, like, if you're a Christian, you believe that God is everywhere. God is always around you. And maybe your heart is dark. Like, maybe you're not inviting the Lord into your heart. But how does it make sense that God's not in your townhome, but God saved your life during your suicide attempt? Again, kind of a petty thing to pick on, but just something that I thought was odd. Mike says that this conversation is really helpful because instead of climbing up themselves, people love to see others fall. And he knows that someone is tapping into this message who needs to hear it. And he feels like there is a mandate on his ministry to cancel suicide. We're going to have a lot of bold suicide takes throughout the rest of this video. Uh, just giving you fair warning. There's a lot of presumption, I think, in the words that, that Mike's going to say. So just giving you that heads up. Brittany goes on to say that about a year and a half ago, She Lives Freed, which is her ministry, turned into a deliverance ministry. And now she loves sitting with women who struggle with a, quote, spirit of suicide, end quote, and telling them that she is not leaving until this is gone in the name of Jesus and she can sh see the shift in them when it leaves. Now, from a Christian perspective, deliverance at its baseline is um, being freed from bondage of some sort. The way that Brittany and Mike reference deliverance, it really does seem like they're implying like deliverance from a demon or from a demonic influence instead of just being like, I'm struggling with this thing and now um, I've, I've been freed and I'm no longer struggling with this. It's I was struggling with this because a demon had a stronghold or I was struggling with this because of demonic influence. That's just how it seems to me that they're using this phrase. And I think you'll kind of get that as we go further into the things that they have said. Uh, but I want to make it very clear that um, Brittany is cavalier and a little bit bold and a little bit um, – egotistical, I think, in implying that she has the capability to sit with someone until the spirit of suicide leaves them. Really, Brittany? In, in every single case of someone that you have met who is struggling with suicidal ideation, you have been able to just sit with them until it leaves. You're lying. You're a freaking liar. And um, I think it's kind of disgusting that she's going to present it this way because maybe somebody who follows her is going to be struggling with suicide and, and, and suicidal thoughts and wanting to take their own life. And they're just going to think, oh, I just have to pray. I just have to pray enough and it'll be taken away. This struggle will be taken away from me. And for me as a Christian, I do believe that it would be possible for someone to pray for God to take the suicidal ideation from them and for God to go ahead and do that. But I also think that in all reality, like God created people who are very smart, who have created medications to help with 
um, depression or anxiety and people who have the desire to help others and have become counselors or psychiatrists and can help you work through things and any struggles that you may be experiencing, they can give you the tools to better handle them and to improve your life. And so for ready to be like, I just love sitting here with these girls and saying, this spirit needs to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I can see their light change. I can see the light in their eyes and their lives change completely when that spirit is gone. You're setting people up for feeling like failures. You're setting people up for feeling like I'm not – if they're a fan of Britney and they watch her and they believe that what she says is true, they might sit here and be like, I don't have enough faith. I'm a bad Christian. I don't believe in God enough because if I, if I, if I was good enough, if I believed enough, if God loved me enough, he would take this away just like Britney said. That's not going to happen for 99.9999% of people. Mike then goes on to talk about how when he was on the first round of the Domino Tour for his movie, he would start every event telling anyone who was struggling with suicidal ideation to come forward and um, like to the front of the crowd. And he doesn't think that struggling with suicidal thoughts is talked about enough. And he did ask Bella what she thinks about that. And um, Bella says that she wants to ask Brittany what she would say to Zen to Gen Zers who are struggling with eating disorders, um, people who look like they're living their best life on the outside but decaying away on the inside, which I think is a very insightful question, especially for a 16-year-old to have. Um, and, and Brittany says that body dysmorphia <laughs> – oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, insightful question. Brittany's answer. Um, Brittany says that body dysmorphia is demonic and God can heal it in an instant, but she knows he needed to heal her in waves of deliverance since she had been struggling for 10 years, uh, but also counseling helped. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> body dysmorphia is demonic, which in theory would mean that it could only be um, removed from you, I suppose, with spiritual warfare. But hey, counseling helped. Like, she's going to throw that in at the end. Um, okay. She also says that once you realize God has called you to something greater, then that gives you motivation to focus on him instead of being pleasing to the world. They then talk about the connection between eating disorders, body dysmorphia, and suicide, um, how they're all connected due to people usually struggling with those things in secret. And Brittany says that doing these things is a form of control. And she and Mike agree that exerting this kind of control over your body and by that, she means having an active eating disorder or dying by suicide is a form of witchcraft, just like saging your home. <laughs> they have an issue with saging your home, um, but it's totally fine to take some anointing oil and put it on your door frames and set the intention for your room and, and claim that, like, I am putting protection over this space. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me safe. Like, Saging is witchcraft, but anointing oil is a-okay. And in an attempt to piss me off royally, Mike and Brittany also talk about suicide being selfish because a lot of people will mention that they're doing this as a way to make the pain stop, but it doesn't stop the pain. It just redistributes it to people who love you. I know that like that's a common phrase. I know a lot of people will say like suicide is selfish because you're just putting that pain onto others. Like you dying doesn't actually stop the pain. It just moves it to somebody else. Great. So you're going to take somebody who's already going through something enough that they want to kill themselves and you're going to tell them 
hey, I know you think this is going to stop your pain, but if you do it, you're actually really selfish. You're actually a really bad person and you're probably going to go to hell if you kill yourself, which is something that a lot of Christians believe is that if you die by suicide, that you're automatically condemned to hell. So, um, yeah, that's good. That's going to make them feel better. That's going to make them want to persevere. I just, I don't, I don't understand the thought process behind doing that, behind saying that, behind saying that suicide is selfish because how do you think that that is helpful? How do you think that that's going to help somebody? Mike then asks Bella how parents can help their kids, and I really liked the answer that she gave. She says that a lot of teens are really lonely, and they would love for their parents just to talk to them and to check on them sincerely. She says that kids who are struggling with suicidal ideation might not need deliverance, as in their suicidal ideation isn't a form of demonic possession, or it's not coming from a demon, and it can't be like prayed away and forced to leave, um, that these kids just need people around them to be there for them. And she also tells other people her age to check in on their friends and don't be afraid to ask people if they are doing okay. Mike really likes her answer and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not like a case of where deliverance is needed because I have parents who ask me this all the time and I'm like, just stop being a bad parent. Like be a good parent and actually be involved in your kid's life, which is okay. Like, sure. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Um, but then they go on to talk about how deliverance is a one-time event, but parenting is a lifetime. So parents have to be hands-on with their kids and how being delivered is just one step of what's to come. And they also say that um, going to counseling and seeking help from medical professionals can also help, which I like. I, I don't really have any pushback on that. Mike then asks Brittany to talk a little bit more about her transformation after her suicide attempt. And she basically says like, after her suicide attempt, she had to get a Bible in her house ASAP. She didn't have one, so she ordered it and she was reading it every day. And people were telling her, like, people who knew her were like, you're just so different. There is something about you. There is a light about you that has changed now. And she also talks about how she started going to a local church, which at the time she was living in Dallas. So she was going to Upper Room Dallas and she was learning what God's voice sounds like. And I love how we went from, like, people were telling her there was this positive change and this, like, positive air about her. Um, but then in the podcast, we're going to step into the territory of bigotry and Brittany's not going to push back on it. She's going to engage in the joke. Would go and just sit and weep and hear from the Lord. I was learning how to hear from God. And, you know, I think people say God's voice sounds like a big, like Brittany. And I'm like, no, it actually sounds like our voice. Like, that was a really bad, like man impersonation. Of your husband is glad that you're bad at being a man. He's like giggling back there. This is a good thing. It would have been scary if it was authentic. That would have been I'm a like, whole nother YouTube video. It was like the most feminine man impersonation ever. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I realized in that, like, I went to meet. I went to the meet. I'm like, okay. Interesting. (laughs) But I was like, God's voice sounds like our voice. And just... It, but it, it points you, it, it honors the Lord. And yeah. so it was really learning how to walk with him and what that looks like. Charming, isn't it? She then talks about listening to God instead of listening to the world and being sanctified and getting the gift of speaking in tongues and um, how that one like took a while to develop. But 
right after her suicide attempt, she was given the gift of discernment through the roof and she has put a lot of boundaries in place and she continues to do so. Her and Mike both chime in and like go back and forth on how it's important to keep an eye on people that you may need to distance yourself from and love from a distance because they only like you for what you can provide, which I understand that point and I do think it's valid of if you're if you're having any type any type of relationship with somebody like friendship romantic partnership whatever um if they only want to be around you because of the things that you can do for them or the things that you can give to them yeah like I totally agree distance yourself because they're not really in relationship with you because they care about you it's not really coming from a sincere place it's coming from a self-serving place but Mike takes that and like leads into saying how some people who follow pastors or religious influencers are blood-sucking leeches who only want to take from those pastors or religious influencers instead of listening to their guidance and looking at them in order to be redirected to the Lord. Which doesn't, like, that that flow chart isn't exactly as smooth for me. Um, I don't understand the point of saying, like, People who follow me are blood-sucking leeches. Some of the people who follow me are blood-sucking leeches and, like, they only want to follow me for what they can get from me. Yeah, that's the point of being an influencer. <laughs> like, that's the point of posting and, and creating content, especially as a pastor. It's to provide for the people who follow you. Um, so that was kind of confusing to me. I mean, I think, obviously, there there does need to be boundaries put in place as a content creator. Like, that that's important. Um, but I don't really know what you're expecting to get from your audience. Like, yes, they, they follow you because they want something from you. They want to consume your content. Then they go on to talking about the revival that Mike just hosted in Times Square and how so many people were speaking in tongues. And uh, this is when Brittany talks about like them she like alludes to them not knowing that this revival was happening because she says that they got the notification it was happening while they were on the subway and they had to rush over there. They had to like drop off their bags real quick and like hustle to get to the revival because Brittany was like, we got to go to this. Oh my gosh. Which again, it just doesn't make sense to me that you would be traveling to New York to appear on Mike Signorelli's YouTube channel, but you would not know that he's also hosting a revival at the same time that you're going to be there. Anyway, Mike then starts blowing smoke up Britney's butt and flattering her by saying that if any of his friends are watching this, they will know that this is the quietest he's ever been during um, a, a YouTube video where he's interviewing somebody else because he just wants to let her minister and he knows that this is going to impact so many people. And then this is a new one. This is one I haven't heard from Brittany before, but Brittany is like, wow, it's so interesting that you say that because when she was 16, right after she got baptized, she went to a revival, but she didn't really know what was going on. And she was in the back just trying to avoid attention. And the pastor who was leading it pointed her out and told her that one day she was going to speak to millions. They close out the episode by making some jokes about evangelizing and erasing canes and how if Brittany lived in New York, she would take Bella all around and that's what they would do all day. And then Jordan and Mike would just follow them and they would be in the back doing security detail um, because they're the practical ones while the girls went and did whatever the Holy Spirit called them to do. And Mike also mentions that he is going to steal Jordan from Brittany and abuse him. Those were Mike's words that he was going to steal and abuse Jordan. But apparently they have um, a cold plunge scheduled together. So apparently we've got a budding friendship going on. They just 
hit it off. And who knows, maybe this is going to lead to additional crossovers between Brittany Dawn and Mike Signorelli, but only time will tell. And that is the end of Brittany Dawn's appearance on Mike Signorelli's YouTube channel. Man, I tried to stay so on track during this entire retelling, and I think that my video is going to end up being like basically the same amount of time as Mike's video with Brittany, but hopefully it provided some value to you, even if it didn't save you time um, compared to watching the actual video. I want to say another huge thank you to Colin Broom for sponsoring the YouTube version of today's episode. I... I'm really excited to have sponsors on this channel and um, thank you if you have used my link and gotten that amazing discount with code BHANEY10. Um, you doing that and supporting the people who support my channel is really incredible. It's super cool to see and the more sponsors I get, the more I can like outsource things in my life to have more time to film YouTube videos. And so it really means a lot that you support the people who support me. And it is incredibly cool to have a brand that I really like and, and they have a product that I use every day that wants to work with me. So it means a lot. I'm super grateful. With all that being said, though, that is all I have for this episode. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. I want to hear um, if you watched the interview or the conversation. What did you think of it? Did you know who Mike Signorelli was? Do you have an opinion on him? Should we like dig a little bit deeper into him and cover some of the other content he's put out? Let me know your thoughts. You can do that in the comment section if you are watching this on YouTube. Or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. And if you are listening to the podcast, if you could leave a rating and a review, I would be so appreciative. If you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.